lots to focus on. And to help us with that, Fiona Bowl this morning is joining us, the global head of commodities at S&P Dow Jones Indices. Fiona, welcome. It's good to have you back. I want to begin with the EU's efforts to come to an agreement, a cap on Russian oil prices. What's the latest in their efforts to do so? Yeah, hi Ben, great to be with you. Look, it looks like they are trying to, to uh, reach an agreement. It's a difficult situation. What they want to achieve is a price cap, but a price cap that has um, some conditions in it that allow that cap to move over time, um, that allow for the addition of uh, new uh, sanctions, um, instead of just agreeing a, a flat price, which I think we all realise is probably not the right approach. They're up against it uh, if they don't make a uh, come to an agreement by Monday, um, then the fallback position is a full embargo on Russian oil going into any EU state. So there's a lot on the line. Yeah, there sure is. In your notes, you wrote about how the ECB needs to pursue its mandate and fight inflation. But between the power of the U.S. dollar, you said, and the monumentous struggle over energy costs, they're going to face an uphill battle. They're in a really tough position. There's a lot of these issues that they really can't address with yeah. uh, with interest rates. Yeah. Um, energy probably being the most important. Energy prices, just as they have in, in the US, have certainly come off significantly in Europe, benefited a little bit from a relatively mild autumn. We obviously can't say what, what winter is going to be like from a weather perspective, but so far that's been advantageous. As has actually, you know, consumer actions. Consumers in Europe really have taken to heart the need to reduce their demand. So there's some moving parts here that have worked in the favour of the ECB, but it's an uphill battle. Uh, Fiona, I started with the EU first because we've kind of lost sight of that with all the focus on OPEC, the meeting uh, headed our way to begin the month of December. Can you talk to us a little bit about the significance of them shifting from uh, the Vienna meeting to a virtual meeting online? Yeah, maybe they didn't want to uh, want to enjoy Vienna in the winter, but it is an interesting uh, decision. Um, if we could read anything into it, and we always know we're never quite sure what OPEC or OPEC Plus will do, but if we could read something into it, I would say it means they're likely to hold the line. Um, undoubtedly, they will be interested to see what the European decision is made in mm -hmm. terms of a Russian price cap, and it would probably be difficult for them to, to make a decision on Sunday before they saw the results um, of an EU price cap. So a bit of a waiting game possibly. Talk to us a little bit, Fiona, about how normally we're cheering on crude prices, prices uh, lower at the pump, well off the levels we saw back in June earlier this year, up around $5, the national average, briefly above that level. But we forget that it's not necessarily a good thing if the results uh, are as uh, we see a slower demand, slowing economies, right, which they seem to be. Uh, at this point, at some point, I, I start to look at this as a which came first, chicken or the egg scenario, but do lower crude prices ultimately weigh on the industry? Look, the, the S&P GCI all crude index is, you know, down a third from its high in March, essentially mm -hmm. given up all of the gains um, since the Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine. Um, and look, the, the, the supply side of the market is still relatively tight. But I think, as you said, what's dominating is demand, whether that be, um, you know, concerns about spot demand, but I think even more importantly, you know, concerns about demand uh, into the future, 
expectations, whether that be um, you know, slowing economic growth, whether that be the situation we see um, in China, whether that be you know, continued government involvement in some of the energy markets, which um, traders never seem to like too much. So there's a few things that are really pushing um, against uh, crude prices, but also crude product prices at the moment. Fiona, lastly, uh, what should we be watching into the end of the year, into the beginning of next year, in terms of China's demand for these commodities that we uh, cover so closely here? We're talking metals, for example, the energy markets. You were just uh, speaking to crude oil. I mean, I just pointed out this morning, we had some very disappointing PMI numbers, the industrial production data out of Japan, a little bit of a, a miss to the downside there. What are we focused on? I think we're certainly focused on the unrest that we've seen okay. over the last week or so. Um, any changes to China's, you know, zero COVID policy. Um, but watch the metals because interestingly, they seem to have ignored those problems this week. Um, you know, metal markets have uh, really, ha you know, having performed poorly for most of the year, are seeing a bit of an uptick. And I think they're being driven by the news um, that we got recently about the Chinese supporting their real state sector. So while it's really important to look at China from a COVID, from a, a demonstration perspective, issues around supply chains, uh, don't forget to look at you know what they're doing to support um, their real economy and, and, and watch the industrial metals. We will. We will. I've got copper here right now. We're looking at it. It's been relatively range bound for the most part. We saw a spike up to around $4 as we came off the lows from the summer around 313. So uh, definitely giving us something to keep an eye on there. Fiona, always appreciate you joining us. It's good to have you back on the show. Fiona Bowl, Global Head of Commodities at S&P Dow Jones Indices.